from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Discipline is always hard because it's it's essentially giving up instant gratification for something you want in the long run. And, you know, especially being younger, it is you kind of want it all right now. So it's definitely some tough decisions to make, you know, to give up certain things. I'm glad you brought up discipline because you had a great chapter on discipline. You had a quote that said, discipline isn't a gift. It needs to be developed. I think so many of us think of us as, as either we have discipline or we don't. How did you develop yours? I honestly think it's just coming you it's the failures are part of the process it's you 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 kind of have to I think Will Smith said it you gotta fail forward and fail fast so essentially it's when you keep trying at something you keep showing up every day it's like it's not gonna work every day but over time it's gonna add up I'm Sarah Fenske on Saturday afternoon, Ashley Ann Davis will offer words of wisdom to her fellow graduating seniors at the Missouri University of Science and Technology in Rolla. She's one of just four students scheduled to speak at the university's commencement ceremonies. But when it comes to giving life advice, Davis hasn't just written a speech. The 22-year-old also boasts a short book of advice. It's called Partying with a 4.0, Finding Balance in College. And the Missouri S&T engineering student, for just a few more days, joins us now to discuss it. So, Ashley Ann Davis, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Sarah. So, Ashley, your book is called Partying with a 4.0, but you acknowledge in the opening pages you're actually graduating with a 3.9. Did that happen after you'd already started writing the book? <laughs> no, it happened like like the semester before I started writing the book. But I figured, you know, I held it till my end of my junior year, so I think I still counts to some extent. I think you still counts, but I'm curious. I mean, you came so close. What was it that messed you up from a, a 4.0 to a 3.9? Believe it or not, it was a two-credit hour class, and it was the first time, I don't want to blame the teacher, but it was the first time he taught the class, and it was just, let's just say everybody that took the class that semester, you know, went through it. Oh, okay. I'm okay with it. Like, you know, like I said in the book, it's kind of liberating to not have to live up to that that standard to some extent. Yeah, 3.9 is more than good enough. And we do want to point out, you make a real point in this book of saying you don't have a BS major. Now, for those of us who are (laughs) coming here with maybe had our BS major, I'm not going to name names, but do you feel like engineering is harder than, than a lot of the other majors out there? I definitely think that the workload is a little bit harder. I know I talk to some of my friends that go to other schools and have like other majors and I'm just like, you have free time to do all these things. Like I I didn't know that existed. So I do feel like the workload is a little bit heavier and, you know, it can be a little bit complicated at times depending on your classes. So that's why I say, you know, it's not something you really got to dedicate a lot of time to it to really do well. And you've got to have the right answers. You can't just express something in an elegant way. You actually have to get to to truth. It's definitely not opinion-based. It's definitely all hard science, and it has to work. The numbers have to add up. It's got to make sense. So it's a lot easier in classes where, you know, you write an essay and you state your opinion on something because, you know, you can't necessarily be wrong about it. I I feel so seen right now, and I'm actually (laughs) feeling reminded of why I didn't major in engineering. But for you, I mean, you you chose this major. What drew you to something that, as you freely admit, this is is a hard major. This This is difficult work. 
I think I've always, my mind is always looking towards problem solving. I love innovation. I love being ahead of the things that happen. And as an engineer, that's entirely your whole job is trying to be ahead of the progress. You're, you're kind of seeing progress before it happens because you're putting it into play. So growing up, that's always something I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to be ahead of the chain. So it was an easy, a easy choice to take this route. And with the kind of engineering you're doing, what specific types of, of problems will you be hoping to solve? So actually, I'm an engineering management major, but my emphasis is in civil engineering. So a lot of the things that I'll be focusing on, especially going into my research um, as my PhD is just sustainable infrastructure. It's, you know, we all have heard about the climate change and everything that's happening. And we better make sure that our buildings and everything of that nature are in a position to deal with the changes that are happening. Hmm. So one of the stereotypes that may or may not go along with being an engineering major, um, you're also sort of grappling with this head on when you talk about partying with a 4.0. Is it rare to find an engineering student who also has a really active social life? Um, I'd say coming to Missouri City, which is mainly an engineering school, you, it's it's not, you don't, you see it compared to other schools that may just have an engineering department. Mm-hmm. So I'd say here, I definitely see some students who are able to do that. But it's hard, like I mentioned in the book, it's hard to find that balance. You'll find people that, you know, are really good at the partying aspect, but then their grades are probably slipping a little bit or, you know, vice versa. But I'd say if you're not going to an engineering heavy school, you probably won't find a lot of engineers that are, you know, have finding time to party. So you were able to pull this off. um, And in addition to doing so well in your classes and and having friends, having a life, you were involved in a lot of things. You were president of S&T's student chapter of the National Society of Black Engineers. You were the student representative to the Chancellor's Advisory Committee on African-American Recruitment and Retention. You worked as a student admission ambassador. You did research with a professor. You held an internship. I'm tired just thinking about all this. <laughs> Was it hard to fit all of that in on top of, of class and, and social life? It definitely is like a battle of time management. And it gets to a point where you really have to start saying no to certain things. So even though I did all those things, there's also for everything I did, there's an equal amount of things that I turned down that I didn't want to do. So for example, my internships were during the summertime. So, you know, I wouldn't have to balance that with schoolwork unless I did a summer class. You know, while I was president of NSBE, I tried as much as possible not to take on other workloads. You know, I work in admissions at certain points throughout the day. So it's really about just, you know, making sure like I'm very schedule oriented. I plan my weeks and my days. So just making sure I'm finding time for myself when I'm scheduling all those things as well. I liked your tips about scheduling things far in advance. I thought I need to start doing that. I also liked you talked about how you figured out how to prioritize. And as you spelled this out, it all kind of comes down to three columns. How does this system work for you? So essentially what I put is you you really, first of all, need to analyze where you're at right now. So in, first of all, actually is analyzing where you want to go, where you're at right now, and the things that don't align with those things, you should get rid of them. So, you know, if you say you want to get to destination A, but you're playing in area B, it's like, okay, what do I need to take out of this in order to get to this point? So my three column system is just making sure, one, you have a vision because you want to know where you're going, but also you need to be honest with yourself with where you're at right now and what things don't play a role in getting you to where you need to be Hmm. and get rid of those things. Was it sometimes hard to get rid of things that, that you enjoyed just for the sake of doing them? 
Oh, for sure. Like discipline is always hard because it's it's essentially giving up instant gratification for something you want in the long run. And, you know, especially being younger, it is you kind of want it all right now. So it's definitely some tough decisions to make, you know, to give up certain things. I'm glad you brought up discipline because you had a great chapter on discipline. You had a quote that said, discipline isn't a gift. It needs to be developed. I think so many of us think of us as, as either we have discipline or we don't. How did you develop yours? I honestly think it's just coming you it's failure is a part of the process it's you 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 kind of have to I think Will Smith said it you got to fail forward and fail fast so essentially it's when you keep trying at something you keep showing up every day it's like it's not going to work every day but over time it's going to add up so with discipline you just got to practice you fell off yesterday it didn't work you show up again today and you try again and eventually it becomes a habit and it becomes easier to do certain things because it's like even though it doesn't work every day your brain starts thinking I'm still going to do it and I'm going to try again the next day and that's really how it works. You just got to keep doing it even on the days when it doesn't work. Hmm. Overall, I was I was impressed with how practical this book was. You have very short chapters. You keep things simple. There's a lot of good tips in here. You make it sound so easy, but I have to imagine there's a lot of people who want to be where you're at, but they just don't have your drive. Are they out of luck? I would not say so. I honestly, I, I think one of the main points I try to bring across in the book is that everybody's journey and experiences is going to be different and it's all about you know my tips i try to keep them broad so that you can filter them and adjust them to your own personal life like i don't really like books that are one size fit all because i just don't feel like that's the right approach to anything essentially it's really trying to figure out what works best for you and i try to share some of the things that work for me but essentially i'm just trying to show people how you can find out what works best for you so Hmm. i don't think all hope is lost it's essentially just it's a lot of self-searching that needs to happen before you even try to to figure out, you know, what you need to do or where you need to go. So, Ashley, you had another challenge here, and this is not something you really play up in the book, but I, I think it's important to talk about this. You were born in Jamaica. You actually lived there until you were 16, and at that point you moved in with your mom, who lives in Jefferson City. I imagine that had to have been a big culture shock. It definitely was, and it definitely was not nice dealing with the winter time. But it, it <laughs> kind of felt like starting kindergarten all over again. You don't really know anyone. You're you're just thrown into a completely new environment. You know, all my friends were back in Jamaica, so it was just you know it felt like starting over and starting clean again, getting used to uh, American school system versus the British one that we used in Jamaica. It was a lot of changes and challenges, but I think it really helped me, you know, to adapt, to learn to adapt. So when I came to S and T, it was. It's kind of like, okay, we're going to adapt again like the same way we did when we moved here. Hmm. So what advice would you give to somebody who maybe feels like a fish out of water in the Midwest or, or maybe just even dealing with a majority white community when they themselves are a person of color? I think honestly, it's just find the people. They are they're probably are going to be few and far between. But if you can find the people, I'd say stay true to yourself first of all. Don't try to fit into the other crowds just because you're you're wanting to fit in. Stay true to yourself. And sometimes it's that game of patience. But I honestly feel like the right people will you'll attract the right people if you stay true to yourself. So it's going to be hard at times. It's going to be lonely. But the right people who should be in your life will stick around. Was it hard for you to find your people at s and I imagine you were a minority on several different fronts there. Um, oh, for sure. know, coming as, from Jamaica, being a woman even, you're, you're a minority on that campus just by that, right? Yeah, I think it's important. One, even though you're trying to find people with similarities, but don't be close-minded. You know, I don't think, I think for a lot of times race is not, shouldn't be the only 
thing that you're basing your friends off of. You can have shared interests and beliefs. So just being open-minded with that really helped me because I've met people from various cultures and countries with different backgrounds of mine, but we have similar interests in certain aspects. So that was enough for us to maintain our friendship. Hmm. And you found that people were open to you despite you maybe having a different background than they were used to. Yeah, I think it's all about respect. I feel like once people feel respected in some way and having honest conversations with people, you can really, of course, not everybody's going to be your friends. Not everybody's going to be open minded to certain things, but there are definitely people out there who are willing to learn about your culture or things you're interested. So it's really just going out there and being able to be confident to, to go out there and say, hey, I'm I'm trying to make friends. I'm going to show up to events and I'm going to go to things. And, you know, they'll sometimes they come to you by coincidence. Hmm. Well, as I mentioned, you'll be speaking at the commencement for the Missouri University of Science and Technology this Saturday. Uh, Give us a little preview. What are you going to talk about in those remarks? I think my main topic is just talking about essentially adapting from moving to Jamaica to coming here. It's just like I could have used that as an excuse not to do well, you know, being the minority of minorities. But, you know, I still came here and I made the best out of it. So it's encouraging undergraduates, like even when you do feel like a fish out of water in situations, you can make the most of it using what you have. Hmm. So you mentioned your plan is to get a PhD, but what are your immediate plans once you're done on Saturday? uh, Where are you going after that? I'm just going home and I'm planning to get caught up on some sleep and some traveling and to just relax before we start all over again. Do you have big plans for the summer? Ah, yes. I have a few small trips planned, but essentially just spending time with my family and doing, you know, getting caught up on a lot of those activities that I like to do that, you know, school kind of didn't allow me to do because I was so busy. So just having fun and getting back outside in nature and all those things to just have a reset before I come back and do it all over again. And for that PhD, are you planning to stay in Missouri? I am. Yep. I'll be right here back at Missouri s t Well, Ashley Ann Davis, um, congratulations to you on your your graduation, and thank you so much for joining us today to share what you've learned. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.